The 1v1 interview series is a production of the Boss Rush Network of Podcasts. Visit bossrush.net to listen to our podcast and read our articles, game reviews, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter at Boss Rush Network to stay up to date with our content. Thank you for listening. Welcome to 1v1, everybody. I'm Logan Corkins, and today I am joined by another member of Boss Rush Entertainment. BRE has taken over 1v1 for the month of August, and we're continuing our run-through of all the amazing people that make Boss Rush Entertainment possible. Today, I've got the host of Trash Talk. He is the professor, or the Wikipedia, of wrestling, Thomas Cordray. Hello, everybody. I'm really glad to be doing something like this. I think this is really cool. Um, I think it's going to be a great way for all of us to kind of get our stories out and everything. And so um, I'm, I'm a really humble guy, so it's going it's, to it's a little weird for me, but I, I like the, the getting out of my comfort zone and doing something like this. I think it's going to be really fun, and I can't wait to listen to everybody else's and, and hear their stories. I mean, Nick, I'm probably going to know his story oh, pretty well. Nick, Nick's we got friends for a while. Nick's yeah. got some stories, y'all. So it'll be pretty fun. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I'm a big... I've been watching a lot of videos on YouTube um, from a channel called Seek Discomfort. Um, and so I've really been trying to focus on that, get out of your comfort zone and everything. So I think this will be a really good way for me to kind of step out of my, my normal, you know, way of life and just open up a little bit and talk about myself. So I'm excited. Because it is kind of weird talking about yourself in that sense. Like, I, I remember I did a show last year with uh, called Up and Comer. And I was like, why? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I know. I don't talk about myself. No, you. You like it's just never been who I am. So like it, it, yeah. it definitely gets you out of your comfort zone in a weird way. Yeah. So I'm excited. So it's gonna, it's you, gonna be good. you joy. Let, let's let, let's go back in our history logs, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna put on our time traveler pants here. So <coughs> Lamp Party started in 2019. And for those of you who don't know, maybe this is your first time listening. Lamp Party started in 2019. We joined Boss Rush at the end of 2020. You came back to us. So you were with us for a little bit in the summer of 2019. You came back, though, in full back in, I believe, March Yes, was uh, was your return. Yeah. So, one, did we change it all from, like, 2018 to 2021? Like, did we change so, it the, like, year and a half that you were gone? Um, I don't think we really – I mean, obviously, the shows have gotten bigger. We have, we have, I think we have a bigger audience now. Um, and uh-huh. – I, I'm not going to take any credit for that because, like, like you said, I, I left pretty, pretty, pretty early on. So I will give you guys all the congratulations on building what you did. Um, but I think it's got. I think maybe if you say anything different, I just think you, you guys have gotten better. I, I think the shows are amazing. Um, just the way we plug everything, how we put everything on social media. I mean, you guys have built something truly incredible, and I'm just humbled and glad that you guys took me back and you guys were, you know, open arms and, you know, I was able to just kind of just fit right back into the groove where I, I felt like I was before. And with me and Nick now, you know, having a dedicated wrestling show, I mean, that might be the biggest thing for me is, you know, you and Nick were doing a great job with it. And then when I came back and kind of, you know, just gelled back into it, that might be the best thing for me. But I mean, with, with wrestling and sports, the trash talks, your cue list with the shows you do. I mean, it's just all the content that you guys put out. It's incredible. It really is. Well, 
And see, the timing couldn't have been better for you to come back because we were getting ready to take that next step. Of we knew at the two year mark we were going to be doing some cool stuff, and and I was kind of thinking, you know what, maybe maybe it's time for me to hop off rope talk. You had been on the short list of like, if I end up leaving rope talk, I need somebody who can play with Nick, like. Because I one thing I love about Nick is that he's so good with anybody. But when you get him with somebody that he genuinely loves to be around and talk with, yeah, it's the best damn content out there. What you guys have done with Rope Talk since WrestleMania and carrying on the fact that we cover AEW now, which was an area that we were really lacking in for a while. Yeah, um, it was huge. And then Rope Talk Rewind. So you you were the one. You were the mastermind behind Rope Talk Rewind. What was the idea there when you brought that one up? So, um, so there's a couple things I, I watch on the internet and stuff. I'm not going to say that it was just out of nowhere, left field. There's some stuff I watch on YouTube and social medias where they, they, you know, they, they recap old wrestling shows. And I thought to myself, I've got Nick here with me. I don't think there's anybody else on the planet that I would rather talk wrestling with than my best friend in the entire world. I mean, me and him eat, sleep, and breathe wrestling. I mean, you do too, but you were kind of, like you said, talking about taking a little time off from rope talk, um, which I respect. You got other stuff to do. You know, too much at one time can burn somebody out, and I really don't want you to burn out because I think what you're doing is incredible. I appreciate that. So one of those things, it was like, well, if me and Nick watch all – because when I was living with Nick last year, we'd watch all these old shows, and we'd sit there and go back and talk about them, and then – one day I was sitting there and I was like, hey, Nick, why don't we, why don't, in between pay-per-views and big things that are happening in wrestling, why don't we try to try to give the audience, you know, some, some history? Like, why don't we just sit here, two best friends, and just BS over re- old wrestling shows? Like, I, I, th- I thought it would be a great concept, and I think it's been going pretty well so far. Um, so it's just one of those things where I think it's just two dudes on a podcast who love wrestling who just want to, you know, talk about the, the glory days, you know? The stuff that got us into wrestling and things like that. And, and we're, we're going to talk a lot about wrestling today because obviously you're on the show. And so we have to do that. I mean, I think that's given anytime <laughs> you and I are together. Uh, yes. uh, Y'all can check out an episode of Land Party that we did back in July. And and, and it's there's a whole wrestling in Texas OU thing. It's great. Um, there was an idea that Nick pitched me. And I, and I feel like you were also a part of this in some way because I think you guys were living together at the time. I want to know if you had a part in this show idea nick came to me and i and i i hate declining shows i think i think i've only ever declined to do two shows and somebody's pitched for 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 boston entertainment or land party and this is one of them nick came to me with the idea of he wanted to get high and just record whatever happened with a friend yes so we <laughs> We were, talk- I mean, we were talking about it in the garage. I don't partake in the festivities, but I, I don't mind being around people that partake. But he was just sitting there, and he's like, "Dude, I got the show idea." And I was like, "What? what what's up?" He's like, "What if we just like sit here on the couch in the garage and just get high and just talk about the most random things, whatever it is?" And I'm like, "Dude, I won't partake in the festivities with you, but I would love to be here just to like when you open up fully and your mind is just in another universe and just BS with you on whatever comes to your mind." It was just like it was completely out of left field because like normally like when Nick pitches an idea, it's like, okay, cool. He's got something really good. D D Live, yes, hundred yeah. percent. I will vouch for that. Audio sketch, absolutely. Rope talk was his uh and I was like, Yeah, hell yeah, man, let's do it. And he comes to me with that and I'm like, dude, <laughs> we were in yeah, so so time. I, I think the brainstorm came from me and him just sitting in the garage every night and we would just sit out there because we had a a section out there and we had a TV and we had a, we had a coffee table out there. We would just sit out there every night and just BS with each other. And I think that I'm not going to take any credit for it, but I think Nick 
in his in his his wonderful mind just decided, hey, why not turn this into like a podcast kind of thing? And I was like, dude, that's genius. We were. So, I was I was pitching Corey uh, Derek, who's the head of Boss Rush. I was pitching him yes. on the idea of Lamparty joining Boss Rush at the time, and, and, I, and that idea came up, and I'm like, oh god, nope, nope. That we're, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to secure this partnership. Yeah. Like, hey, no. No, no, no. Exactly. We don't need any. Like, we're already a walking red flag just with some of the topics we talked about on Land Party. But I was like, <laughs> yeah, let's not push that envelope a little bit more. So, but yeah, you you've been friends with Nick forever. Um, did you, did you guys grow up together? So I moved. Um, so I'm originally from California. That's where I was born. We'll start there. Military family moved a lot. Um, and the last place my my dad decided to settle was in Oklahoma. My grandfather lived there and his wife just passed away, my step-grandmother. So we're like, hey, let's move to Oklahoma. So we finally ended up settling there. So in 2000, I'll say this. So 2007, I lived in a little town in Oklahoma and I, it was a higher end neighborhood. I'm not saying that we were, we were poor. We were definitely, I'd say right, right about middle class. Um, but the, the town we moved into was upper class. So I didn't really fit in. Um, it was one of those towns where you had to know people, uh, even in schooling. So I didn't get along with a lot of the teachers. So I actually ended up failing one of my classes in seventh grade. So when I finally moved to the town that Nick lives in, I had to go to summer school. Well, I met another friend there. Um, his name's Wyatt. And then he was friends with Nick. And then I moved to a neighborhood that Nick was friends with a lot of people in. So one day Nick came over to my house. Um, with one of one of our mutual buddies, I mean, wearing a, I think he was either wearing a wrestling shirt or a metal T-shirt, one of the two. That's that's mine and Nick's attire at this point. Um, and then we just hit it off from there. So from 2008 on, I mean, we've been best friends. I mean, it's uh, every day. I mean, I would, me and that kid. I mean, we're closer than most brothers, to be completely honest with you. Like, I would literally take a bullet for that man, and I I feel the same um, on his end that he would take a bullet for me. But I mean, it was every day. The cafeteria is talking wrestling, wearing wrestling shirts. I mean, if you go back and listen to a couple of our podcasts, we talk about how I would dress up for Halloween as John Cena or Stone Cold, and Nick would get the biggest kick out of it. And yeah, we've just been best. I mean, everything. Uh, we've been to concerts together, WrestleManias together. I mean, we've literally done everything together. I mean, it's definitely my best friend for life. I mean, I'm getting married next year, and he's my best man. So if that tells you anything. Yeah. So, he, Nick, I mean, Nick's just one of the just as generally best human beings I think I've ever met. And just, yeah, Nick I mean, might like be, he, he might be the most genuine soul I think I've ever met in my entire life. There's nobody that he doesn't like, he hates. Uh, that man does not have a, a bone in his body that could hate anybody. I mean, he is the most genuine, kind, I mean, loving person in the I've been mean, getting sappy over here, but I truly, I mean, and he, I think a lot of it he gets it from his mom and dad. His mother is a saint, um, and his father is incredible as well. And I think that carried over to him, and he's just the most genuine person. I mean, it takes a lot for him mm. to even think about not liking you. But dude, he's so easy to get along with. I mean, he's just—he's got a good head on his shoulders, man. He really does. He's—he's he's just an incredible guy. I mean, like, I—I I remember when uh, when when I I first started talking with Austin and Nick, and it was like. Nick, Nick just is instantly your best friend. Like, it doesn't matter if he's known you for 10 years. It doesn't matter if he's known you for five minutes. Like, he's just there. Exactly. He's, he's found that common core thing with you. And, and, and you kind of fit in that same mold, too. It's like, I remember the, I remember the first the first episode you did with us where <clears throat> within, and I, because I went back and listened to it today as I was, as I, as I was at work. And within 10 minutes of the show, 
we're talking about wrestling like we've we, we've been in the same room for like two or three years i mean like the connection was just always there and, and that's one of the things i've always loved about you is just your ability to adapt with people like are do you consider yourself like a social person or do you just you find something that, that people can relate to and you just go with it so it's i think it's a little bit of both if we can find a common ground i i'm social but like if we don't have anything in common it's a little hard, not hard for to open up, but it's hard for me to like kind of talk a little bit. But if there's a common ground, it's it's a lot. It's, it's easier. From I mean, that, that's the case for most people. But I genuinely look at it as I was raised in the military family, so respect's a big thing for me. Right. And I try to be as open-minded and kind as I possibly can because you don't know anybody's situation, you don't know their background, you don't know anything. So if you can just be as positive as you possibly can and push happiness, all the I mean, I wear a bracelet on my hand that says "Love Always Wins." So it's one of those things for me where I, as long as you've done nothing to me, we'll be fine. Um, but I just, I give everybody a chance. I love as much as I can. I'm a very open-minded and clear-headed person. I don't do conflicts. I try to find the, the, the most genuine loving solution I can. Um, it's just one of those things where it's just how I was raised. Um, it's just a respect thing. Yes, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Um, so I just try to be as positive as I possibly can. And if we have something, a connection, you know, it'd be wrestling, music, movies, sports, anything. And we, there's something we can latch onto. I'll be your best friend. I mean, I really will. I mean, we can just, however far you want to go with it, I'll be right there with you. I mean, not behind you or in front of you, right by side in the trenches with you, just going to war. So that is freaking awesome, dude. I mean, that, that this is the things that people don't necessarily think about a lot, or at least they, that they say a lot. I mean, maybe they think I'm, they just don't say them out loud. And, and that's, again, we, we talk about how Land Party, Boston Entertainment wants to be a place that provides hope and provides, you know, or an escape. You definitely fit that criteria to a T, and that's that's one of the reasons I, I love having you around. Um, I do want let, – let's dive into your interest a little bit. I'm going to ask you a question. I know every wrestling fan has thought about this a lot, but I want you to just think about this for a second. Mount Rushmore of WWE, AEW, current performers. Who, you, who, who do you have on your Mount Rushmore? So current – Current. I'm gonna go. Every, so, okay, we, we we all know like Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, yeah, The Rock. Yeah, all yeah. That. I want to know because you love you and I. The one thing you and I do rift on every now and then, but I am slowly turning around. Is that you're a big AEW fan? Um, All Elite Wrestling, which if you haven't checked out what they're doing on Dynamite on Wednesday nights, people definitely check it out. I've always been because it was just how I was raised and things like that. I've always been a WWE homer, but yeah. I'm starting to really enjoy AEW more. Having more of that AEW preference, though, I just kind of want to know, like, like who's who's your Mount Rushmore right now between between the two companies? So before I get into that, well, I'll just dabble this real quick. So I've always been a WWE kid. I mean, since I was born, I didn't watch any Nitro. I didn't like WCW. I like Sting, but that was it. But that's just because my that's my dad's. Everybody wrestler. likes Sting though too. I yeah, mean, so Sting was, was just wrestlers. So, but my mom was WWE. I mean, Stone Cold, The Rock. But yeah. for me, I think with AEW, I think it's because as I got older, I, I branched out more. Ring of Honor, New Japan. So when I see when I can finally see people like Kenny and the Bucks and you know Hangman on national TV every week, I think that's why I've I haven't left WWE. I mean, I know we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago where I was like, if, if something happens, I'm done watching WWE. <laughs> like Nick said, hell will have to freeze over, and I'll be skating on ice before I leave WWE. Um, but it's just, I think it's just because I can see more of those guys on a, on a national level now. And it's also competition. I mean, you know, with anything in life, competition always fuels every side of it. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't want WWE to I don't want WWE to down spiral. I don't want AEW down spiral. I just want as a wrestling fan to enjoy as much content as I can. Because I'll be honest with everybody, 85% of the stuff I watch is wrestling. I don't watch movies. I don't watch TV, like TV shows. I think I've finished four series in my entire life of TV shows. Um, so it's sports wrestling. So as much wrestling as I can get into my blood as possible, that's, that's what I enjoy. Um, and I might sit here and bash on creative or things they're doing, but I'm going to love it regardless. I mean, I've been watching since I was three years old, man. I'll never leave it. I really won't. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I mean, wrestling is just kind of like. What was the big appeal to you about wrestling? Was it just like the characters, or was it like was there a particular superstar that was like, this is why I'm invested now? Yeah. So, um, my first wrestling pay per view, I my first show I ever watched, um, King of the Ring '98, Undertaker, ah, oh, dude, great mankind. One, yeah. When mankind got threw off that cell, I was hooked, hooked. My, I mean, I'm, I remember exactly. I mean, my dad freaked out, and I was just sitting there in awe. I mean, I was sitting there as a, as a kid, as a baby. You know, I really didn't know what was going on. Dude, as soon as I got hit, saw him thrown off the cell, I was like, holy crap, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so, And I actually got to meet Mick Foley um, back in 2016 with Nick. That's probably one of the greatest days of my life, man, getting to see the guy that you – first watch as a kid they got you interested in this stuff um so that was it i mean and at that point i mean i didn't i watched the attitude era but it, i think the main thing that sticks with me like i can remember as a kid besides going back and watching on peacock i mean i remember obviously i remember the rock stone cold and triple h but that one moment will be etched in my brain forever you know the the hell in the cell match in pittsburgh at the igloo i mean it was just it was insane man I I can't wait because I so I I've gotten to see Planet Comic Con a couple of years ago, had Mick Foley there. And there were so yep. many great stories that this guy has. I mean, he's just a legend. And so I I you and I actually started watching around the same time because my first time was uh Jericho, um Jericho's debut. Yeah, in Chicago was, in ninety nine. Yeah. That was when I got hooked, man. I the, the countdowns on Millennium. I mean, you just there was that era of WWE where it just it couldn't be beat and it was awesome. Um so the appeal to AEW for for, for 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 fans who don't understand because like yeah WWE's been around forever and they've always had like these minor competitions Impact there for a while wasn't bad TNA when they had AJ Styles and Samoa Joe Kurt Angle that was decent competition oh, New Japan is always TNA in 05 and 06 dude was unmatched I watched more I'll be honest with you I watched more TNA in 05 and 06 than I did Raw or SmackDown just because they had AJ Daniels, America's Most Wanted, Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, Christian Cage, Team 3D. I mean, it was, dude, it was, it was really the place to be. So Punk was there in 02 and 03. He went to Ring of Honor in 04 and 05. And then 06, I might've been 05. 05 or 06, he was still a Ring of Honor champion. And then he signed his WWE contract on the Ring of Honor championship belt. It was insane, awesome. dude. It is freaking awesome. Um, okay, before before we go any further, though, I do have to ask you since since we brought him up, is the voice of the voiceless Sia Puck? Who's the first person you want him to get in the ring with? Should he come back to AEW, or should, not? Should come back? Should he debut on AEW? Dude, that's tough. There's so many. I, I, obviously, okay, obviously, so... obviously, Kenny. Obviously, yeah. I mean, Kenny's the given. I don't think they're going to debut him against Kenny though, because I think Kenny's no, going to get no, Daniel no, 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 no. Daniel Bryanson. Yeah, Brian Danielson. Yeah, um, Brian Danielson, I'd like to yeah, see man. CM Punk and MJF. I think that'd be good. 
even Hangman. Hangman would be good. We could always do Punk and Jericho again. That's always... Or even, oh, dude, Punk and John Moxley, I think, would be an incredible match, dude. And, and see, that's who I think he's going to debut against. Yeah. I, I think Punk, because Moxley has been great for AEW. He really has. I mean, when oh, he he's did, their biggest he, star, dude. Yeah. Uh, maybe I mean, besides Jericho. He, I mean, maybe Kenny, besides Jericho. I, I think Kenny's the biggest star, man. I mean, right I know, now, I know yeah. that. I, yeah. I mean, I know that, I know that Moxley brings in the WWE audience, because for those of you at home who don't know, John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, who was a member of the Shield, which is WWE tries to shove is the best three man tag team of like the last decade. We all know it's the New Day. The New Day rocks. Uh, no pun intended. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like I would, but I think he's lost something over like the last month or so, where he's just he's still been aggressive and stuff. But since Renee's had uh, his wife has had their baby and stuff, it just feels like you know he just hasn't had quite as much of the edge. I think you put him in a feud with Punk, and it's just like yeah, the, you I just you can just print the money. You can just print yeah. the money, right? There. Exactly. It's crazy. So aside from wrestling, though, you're you're a huge music fan as well. Um, I've been asking everybody before, hey, before we continue. We were doing the Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah, yeah. Mount Rushmore. One second, let me do this. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do two from each side. Yeah, fair. Make it even. I'm gonna go. This might surprise a couple people. I'm gonna go Roman. Hell yeah, obviously. Oh yeah. And this might be a. a, And I'm not a surprise, but a lot of people have kind of turned on him lately. I'm gonna go Drew McIntyre. Be completely honest with you. That dude carried us through the pandemic era. He was greatest champion. I'm going to go Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. That's fair. That's fair. I and love then, Big E's comments this week where he's like, I feel so bad for Drew. Yeah. Um, and then on AEW, I think this is pretty easy. I'm going to go John Moxley and Kenny Omega. I know John's kind of been out of it, but, dude, he carried he carried through the pandemic too, and I think he was a great get for A. I think besides Jericho, as far as star power goes, it's got to be John. I mean, I know Kenny's there, but I'm going to go John and Kenny. Love it, dude. So, That's a great amount of Rushmore. Yeah. And trust me, uh, a year ago, if you would have asked me about to put Roman Reigns on Mount Rushmore for anything, <laughs> I'd sit here right now and kick my own ass. But that dude has been killing it. I mean, the promos, he, I mean, like, he just got one on John Cena the other night that was like... God dang, this is this is peak Roman Reigns right here. Exactly. That's gonna go down as one of the best promos ever. And if if nothing else, we got we got uh Paul Heyman doing the do 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 which I watched like three times today. That clip today was yeah. phenomenal. I'm trying to make right. that as my cell phone ringtone to be honest with you. Dude. Oh, that that would be a great idea. Heck yeah. Oh, I I, I totally know a way I could do that. Heck yeah, I'll do that. Um so we talk about music and stuff because you and Nick also have very similar music tastes as well. I've been asking everybody who's come on the show, what is when, when land party started, we, we did a whole thing about inspirational albums. Like if there was an album that really means a lot to you, like it played a huge inspirational role in your life. What's the album? So, um, for anybody listening, my favorite band of all time is shine down. Um, there's, I, Literally, I mean, they have, I mean, I've got them, they got their logo tattooed on my arm. Um, so honestly, it's anything that they've ever done, to be completely honest with you. Um, I've listened to everything they've done front to back. I, they're just incredible. I, I mean, I love that though. I mean, Shine Down, they're, they're, they're popular, 
but like maybe not to like top 40 people like if, if that makes sense like if you don't you don't hear them a ton but it, dude, they, their music just hits heavy it's so beautiful yeah. so um beautiful. so and the, the great thing too is me and my dad we have a lot of the same music taste right. um so shinedown's mine and his i mean my dad's got other bands metallica acdc kiss but the one band that we've always been able to bond on is shinedown um if i had to give you an album though like specifically I'd honestly probably do Leave a Whisper, which is their first album they ever came out with. Um, it's got the song 45 on it. That's my favorite Shinedown song of all time. It's just got a really deep meaning to me. Um, I mean, I've met these guys. Like I said, I've got them their logo tattooed on my arm. Uh, I mean, I've got drumsticks, guitar picks, I mean, autographs. I mean, I this band for me is it's the, the, the biggest part musically of my entire life. I mean, they're just incredible. What's your favorite concert you've ever been to? Shine Down. Uh Shine Down um in two thousand thirteen um in Oklahoma City at the Zoo Amphitheater. Uh me, my buddy Chris, and my dad, we went um and it's it's the big open amphitheater um in Oklahoma City. And there's two sections. There's like a, a pit and then the GA behind it. And the pit is got railing. Um so it's like only a certain if you pay for it, you can get into that part. I was, it was right after I got my tattoo. So I was in a hundred and, you know, 10 degree weather in Oklahoma with sun just beating down on my tattoo. But we get, we get there, we get there super early. We're like the, maybe like the third or fourth group to get in. I have flip flops on cause I don't like wearing shoes. I hate it. I'm from California. I can't do shoes. So I take my flip flops off and I tell my dad and Chris, I said, you guys got two options. You can either walk down there or you can haul ass down to the front with me. So I take my flip-flops off, run to the very, very first part of the pit, grab onto the rail, and I said, I'm not leaving this thing until the lights go out and the band's done. I was there the entire time. That's where I caught the guitar pick. I caught like three guitar picks and a drumstick. And then I showed uh, Mr. Smith, the, the lead singer, my tattoo. He pointed at me, bowed, and said, thank you. And dude, at that point, my life was made. That was it. This freaking moment awesome, of my life, dude. dude. It was that incredible. Is, that is freaking awesome. Um, there, Nick Nick's talked a lot about some of the great venues in Tulsa and the surrounding area, and, and you mentioned the amphitheater. I actually got to do my first show at the amphitheater this October. Can't wait. It's gonna be cool. Sweet. But what is like some of the best? Like, is there a venue in your mind that just like you have so many memories or there's an emotional connection to of like, this is the venue that really just hit hard because there was this band at this moment in my life and I needed it the most. Yeah. So it was, it was actually shine down again. I know I'm going to go back to this a lot, but I've seen them like 10 times. So I it's did, actually, no. I don't, I don't know if it's called the Brady theater anymore, but uh, we went to the, I went to the Brady theater with my brother to see shine down. It was right before they released uh, threat to survival, which is one of their mm-hmm. albums. Um, it was right before they released it. They just released Cut the Cord as a single. Um, and we went there in 2014 or 2015. Um, it was 20, I think it was 2014. It might have been 2015. I don't remember. We went, we were front row. Once again, caught a guitar pick. I mean, just greatest time. We got there two hours before, listened to sound check, right on the rail again. I mean, um, so that was an incredible concert because it was intimate. It's a smaller venue. There's like 2,000, it holds 2,000 people. So it's a lot more intimate. It's the sounds better. You're closer to the band. Um, and then me and Nick went to see Breaking Benjamin at the Brady Theater in 2016 or 2017. 
Oh, dude, yeah. We've seen Breaking Benjamin a couple times together, but once again, it's me and my best friend. That intimate setting as far as, like, there's only 2,000 people. Um, we had never seen just Breaking Benjamin before, so we got to see... Because when we seen him, we saw him with, like, Corn or Shine Down, so it was nice to see just Breaking Benjamin. Um, but that, that venue, just because of how how small and up close and personal it is. I think for me, I think it's got the best sound of anywhere in Tulsa. Cause I've been to the BOK center. Um, I've been to, like I said, the zoo amp. I've been to the Chesapeake. If it's still called that in Oklahoma city, right. I've been to Canes. Uh, Brady for me is just top notch. That's awesome, man. That, that, that is really cool. I mean, I think, I think venues play just as much a part in the music as the music, the, the, or as the artists themselves. Like, yeah, there's so many old theaters I could think of. Like, man, oh, I saw I saw Switchfoot here, and I, when I looked up during the song, and you just get encapsulated by the beauty of that theater. Man, it just hits, and it makes that it makes that moment so much better. It's so so freaking cool. Um, so aside from music, there, let's let's transition to um, movies and TV. I this is something I don't know about you. Like, what's are you? I you said you don't really watch a lot of shows, but like, what's your kind of, like favorite kind of movies? So with movies, it's kind of sports movies are really big for me. Uh, Coach Carter, Remember the Titans, Friday Night Lights, Radio, um, things like that uh, are big for me. Um, I've, I, I like, I know this might be really unpopular with a lot of people, but I like DC um, more than I do Marvel. I've watched a lot of the Marvel movies, the Avengers and stuff like that, um, but I'm just more of a Batman. I've been a huge Batman fan since I was a little kid. Um, the trilogy with Christian Bale was my favorite Batman of all time. I'm just going to put it out there. Um, Nothing wrong with but that. Kind of, <laughs> kind of just anything. I mean, lately I've been going back and watching a lot of old stuff. Uh, ben Stiller stuff, Jim Carrey stuff. You know, um, I'm a big Vince Vaughn guy, so everything he's done, Wedding Crashers, Four Christmases, stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of just whatever. If I like, if I find an actor I like, I'll latch on. Like, I'm a huge Adam Sandler's probably my favorite actor of all time. Oh, dang, that's awesome. Yeah. So anything he's done, um, I, I love. Um, but then TV, um, there's only four series I've ever watched all the way through in my entire life. Um, the Hit Office, oh, obviously. Okay. Respect right out of the gate. Okay. Um, Psych. Okay. Yeah. It's a very good show. I like it. A lot of people thought it was really dumb, but I enjoyed it a lot. Shout out Charlotte Flair for being in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so. The Office, Psych, um, Friends, and then my favorite show of all time is How I Met Your Mother. There's, I don't think there's any show course. better than that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't think coming into this episode that I could have more respect for Tom. He just aced it. I mean, four great shows right there. Like, I, I Friends gets. Do you, do you ever get made fun of for liking Friends? Um, no, not a lot of people know that I actually really like that show. To be honest with don't you. tell austin because austin will never let you <laughs> live it down i tell austin oh hey man I, i'm just gonna you know it's, it's quiet night at home just gonna get some ice cream maybe a bubble bath watch some friends and he's like gay i mean it's just what, what he does he always makes fun my, of me when I watch my mom watched it when i was younger so it's kind of easy yeah. to, just, to just watch so i but i enjoy it i think it's a great show um also i love jennifer aniston so anything she's in i'll watch so Jennifer Aniston is the goat of all goats. I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong with anybody on that show, though. Yeah, but um, how about your mother, dude? I just so that the the end of the first season going into the second season, Lily and Marshall break up. Mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, not many of you know, but personal detail. I went through a really bad breakup last year. Um, and I went back to watch How I Met Your Mother because it's one of those things for me if I get anxiety or I start having panic attacks. Like, you do things that you can, that are, that are familiar and you're comfortable with. So I went back and watched How I Met Your Mother and I, and I didn't forget, but I was kind of like a lapse in judgment as far as like, crap, I forgot at the end of that first season that that happens. And I just like, I was sitting there, I was like, oh, this hurts so bad. <laughs> so bad. Like, yeah, Jason Siegel's just sitting there in the rain. Yeah, and and, and like, the voiceover for that is so perfect because it goes, you know, kids. While I was off having one of the best nights of my life, your uncle Marshall was having one of the worst of his. And yeah, you just like, I mean, you just couldn't have paint that scene any better. I mean, that 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 whole. I, I stand by. I think How I Met Your Mother season one is the greatest season of TV ever made. Yes, I would totally agree with you. The one thing that I that I think it tugs at me with that show is we can never get anybody in a relationship at the same time. Like as far as Lily, Marshall, Ted, and Robin, like why, why couldn't we, why, why was it so difficult? I mean, cause remember like how cheesy uh, the double date was. And it was, it's hilarious. Cause as you're saying this, Allison Hannigan literally just posted a photo from this moment. Do you remember the double date that her, uh, her and Marshall do with Barney and Lily? Yes. And <laughs> Marshall writes this really bad song. It was the best night ever. Um, imagine <laughs> the cheesiness we could have had with like Ted and Victoria um, or oh, what's another one that we could have Like Zoe would have been a great one. Robin yeah. would have been another one. There's so many cheesy, dumb ones we could have done. And man, I would have so, also uh, loved to see a Dawn and Robin with uh, Marshall and Lily double date. Oh my God! Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> so oh, we, we 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 obviously just did Cueless time and your mother, and I want to get your thoughts on this because Josh and I kind of debated this for a while. So I I, I stand by that I think Victoria should have been the mother. Who do you think should have been the mother if it wasn't Kristen Malati's character? I I think I think Vicky would have worked. I think so. I don't I don't think it's, I think she had the strong I think strongest. I don't know. I just felt like. Yeah, I think her and Ted's connection was the best out of all of them, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, drum roll, please, is, yeah. is the episode in season one where they just, you you just don't write shows like that. Like, we don't see that anymore. The writing was just perfect in that. Yeah, I don't think that. we will either. I mean, it was, I, I think it's untouchable. I mean, that's my opinion. Are you excited for How I Met Your Father? I'm not a huge fan of spinoffs. I'll be completely honest with you. I'm a little skeptical. I I'm skeptical, but it is Hillary Duff. So like, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I can See, live with Hillary Duff. Here's my thing though, is I don't, this is the reason why I don't watch TV. And I think why wrestling and sports hit so much more home with me. I cannot do the week to week. I cannot wait a week for an episode. Like I literally waited and, I watched the first season of How I Met Your Mother, and then I didn't watch it again until it completely ended, and I watched the entire series and watched it. And I do that with every show I've ever watched. See, that's the crucible. Like... I'm not a fan of the the like the shock value or like the the cliffhangers. I I just I have to be able to binge it because I just want to keep going and going and going and going. And people are like, well, isn't wrestling the same thing? And I'm like, no, because mm-hmm. I can go back and watch wrestling 30 years ago and be totally fine and be able to wait. I can't watch 
30 years of How I Met Your Mother before the, the second season because they only have one season. Well, and the best thing, though, too, is like wrestling ends with a conclusion. At the end of a pay-per-view, nine times out of ten, you have more answers than questions. Unless somebody big came back and shocked the yeah. world. Like, like I remember when Rollins came back at Extreme Rules and um, did the pedigree to Roman. And I was like, oh, my God. And there were so exactly. many questions like, is he working with the authority again? What's happening? Oh, my gosh. Dude, yeah, but then you get awesome. your answer the next night on Raw, though. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, perfect. Yeah, you just watch Monday Night Raw. Like, like here in you know an hour and a half, I'm sure you and I will both be watching. And what's Cena gonna do on Raw? And Raw's freaking five minutes from my house tonight. And you know, yeah, <laughs> one of those fun things. Uh, I want to ask you about this because you are a huge sports fan as well. Uh, who's give give me some of your favorite sports teams, man? You you live in Ohio, so are you a Brownies fan or? No, I was born into being a Seattle fan. I'll never be anything else. So it's crazy. So for college football, college basketball, and NFL, I am a Pacific Northwest guy. Oregon Ducks for college. OSU, Oklahoma State kind of, a little bit. Um, Still a touchy subject for personal reasons. But Oklahoma State, I'll still follow them. But Seattle for NFL. I mean, my first shirt out of the hospital when I was born was a Seattle Seahawks Looney Tunes shirt. Still have the shirt. So it'll always be Seattle. Um, but for hockey, basketball, and baseball, I am a diehard Boston kid. Bruins, <laughs> Red Sox, Celtics. So um, I mean, it's that's, weird. That's I'm a totally opposite ends of the there, country. Man. But yeah, I mean, historically, it's really good. Um, Oregon, mm, kinda. We haven't won any championships. We're consistently usually in the top ten every year, so I can't complain too much. Um, Seattle. Um, since I've been a fan, um, since 95, well, I can't really say a fan. I mean, I didn't really grasp onto it till I really didn't take an interest until about 2000, um, right. right before they, uh, moved from the kingdom and they went to play up at Washington university and they finally got quest field, uh, century link. And now it's like lumen field or something like that. Um, so like when I was younger, Sean Alexander was, a, was my quarter uh, running back. Matt Hasselback was my quarterback. Um, things like that. Um, and then with the Red Sox, I mean, I've been a fan of them since what, 2000, right before Ortiz got there. And uh, David Ortiz is my favorite baseball player of all time, Big Poppy. I mean, the things that guy did against the Yankees no 3 and 4 to get to that World Series run, I will never forget it, man. He was a big man with, like, the grace and poise. I mean, he just he had just unbelievably raw power when he was hitting more home runs off the green monster. Yeah. Than anyone else. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy what that guy could do. Yeah. And then with him um, in 2013, um, when the tragic of the Boston bombings happened, um, and then they came out and played at Fenway, and uh, David Ortiz goes, This is our effing city. And then we won a World Series. I mean, that was just incredible, man. It really was. It's a moment, man. It is a great moment. Um, I got to ask you this, too. You, you mentioned being a Seattle Seahawks fan. Did it ever scare you at all in this past off season? We're getting ready for a football season. When this when this episode posts, I think we're like three weeks away from the NFL season. Did it ever scare you when the Russell Wilson rumors started going around? No, because I don't do politics, brother. I really don't. I don't. I don't vote. I don't do politics. I don't dabble in any of it, even sports politics. I don't watch any of those ESPN shows. Um, I have, I have like people on Twitter, like sometimes I'll follow like Stephen Ace, like I'll see what he's talking about or maybe Colin Coward, but 
Um, until something actually happens, I don't really believe it. If Russell wanted to leave, um, you know, more power to you. If you're not happy, I preach it all the time. If you're not happy, your mental health is your biggest thing. So if you're not happy and you're not happy in the situation you're in and you feel like getting out of it is the best thing for you and your mental health and your family, then by all means, um, he's been a great quarterback. He's won us a Super Bowl, two NFC championships. He should be MVP by now, but that's a topic for another debate. Um, but no, man, I mean, if it, I wasn't scared, I always had confidence that him, Pete, and John Schneider, our GM, uh, would figure something out. I'm glad we did. Um, and I, I think him, DK, and Tyler are going to do wonderful things this year. Our defense is hopefully going to get better. Uh, hopefully we get Jamal signed to a long-term contract. Um, so, no, I wasn't worried about Russell. I know he's a good guy. He's a good cat. Um, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, and we're paying him a lot of money, so I, I don't <laughs> think he's going to go anywhere. So, I mean, he's not making as much as maybe some other quarterbacks now, but he's making enough. I, I think he's – I mean, maybe in a couple of years when it's up and if, if he can win us another Super Bowl, I think we give him more money. But I think right now he's good where he's at. I think you look at next next offseason, Russell Wilson could get an extension if Aaron Rodgers ends up getting some big money. I mean, you know, there's there's that poll where it's like, man, if, if Aaron Rodgers gets 40 plus million, I think a lot of the other guys are going to renegotiate. And I think they're going to get the money that they deserve. Um, guys like, you know, Russell Wilson and, and um, oh, it's another one that, that deserves. I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan's always deserved money, but he'll never get it because he's too old now. Josh um, Allen. Josh Allen would be, yeah, Josh Allen. Well, and Josh Allen's getting ready to sign that big deal with yeah. Stink next offseason anyway. It, it, it'll be it'll be shocking to me to see if he gets above Mahomes' money because I think, you know, Buffalo's getting ready to pay that amount. And it's like, man. Like, I don't just... think anybody currently in the NFL right now, unless Josh Allen wins a Super Bowl and is MVP, I don't think he'll get Mahomes-type money. But Mahomes money really is, is, is is issued where like, dude, so much of it can be a signing bonus or can be a yeah. uh, just bonus in the office. It's like, dude, the Chiefs don't. Uh, yeah. We 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 can talk about that on an episode of Trash Talk. Um, <laughs> I want to wrap this up with okay. So again, we we talk about our our mission here on BRE is to be more, be better. Is there a specific thing that you that you like want to be a good influence in? Is there something that you think like, man, this is how I'm trying to make the world a better place? Yeah, so I, I think it's what we were talking about at the beginning of, of just being here and talking about myself. It's just do things that make you happy. The number one thing for me is mental health. Um, bef- I've always thought make other people happy. Um, it's a good thing to do. It's good for the soul. Like I said, you know what people are going through. Right. I think the number one thing, make sure that you're happy before everybody else is happy. Um, you just you have to make sure that you're in a good spot. I mean... Like I said, find things that make you comfortable, that make you grounded, that make you happy. I mean, for me, like I said, going back and watching old TV, old wrestling, old sports, um, if you're ever getting anxious, you know, try to do things like that. Things that can just calm you down and, and make sure that you're happy. But it's also that thing I was talking about, too, of just, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, um, seeking discomfort, doing things that you normally wouldn't do, like jump out of an airplane, you know, go, go skydiving or, or climb that mountain that you don't know if you could do, or, you know, swim out in the ocean or, you know, take that job that you don't think you can do, but do it. I mean, just do the things that, that would put you out of your comfort zone. I mean, it, it could be small things like, you know, saying hello to a stranger, asking how their day is going. I mean, it's simple things like that that you normally wouldn't do. And I know the world's crazy right now. Um, we're coming off the, 
hopefully the tail end of the pandemic. I don't know. I mean, I haven't really looked into it, but hopefully, but you know, just be nice. I mean, love everybody. Like I said, love always wins. I've got it on a bracelet on my arm. I mean, just stay positive. I'm just, it's good for the soul. I mean, it really is. Um, and help out when you can. I mean, I, I know that with jobs and people not working and things like that, I'm not saying help out when you can with like money, but like, you know, if, it's just, you know, like I said, just saying hi to somebody, asking how their day is going, things like that. I mean, that could go a long way because, like I said, you don't know what people are going through. So somebody could be having a whole tougher time than you could. And maybe that, hello, how you doing, anything I can do to help you, you know, that could go a long way in somebody's mental health and it could make their entire day. So just be positive and let your love shine through. I mean, I know sometimes it's hard to do when we're all down, but it'll make the world a better place, I promise. Dude, that that is absolutely awesome, man. Dude, like this is this is a huge reason why I love having you on Buster's Entertainment. It's why you it's why you make such a big impact um, in the places you go. I mean, like I said, you 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 stand for everything that we believe in, and I, I think you're such a huge part of this team. And I, I think that it's 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 been awesome to talk to you for the last forty five minutes about this. And it's just you know you get to know people in a unique way. That's why I love doing this show. Um, thank you to Celeste for for letting me steal it for a month. Um, but it's it's been really cool. I mean, like it, at this point, I've recorded you, uh, Alexa, and Nick. With which each of these is like you get to know each of you guys in ways that I, I haven't gotten to yet, and and it's such a cool thing. So, dude, thank you for being the amazing person that you are. Thank you for being the awesome human being that you are. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow Thomas on Twitter at Thomas underscore Cordray, C-O-R-D-R-A-Y. And you can catch a Rope Talk. Uh, Rope Talk comes out on the Saturday before each and every pay-per-view for WWE and AEW. I believe the week of this post, we have SummerSlam coming up this weekend. John Cena versus Roman Reigns. Plus, the uh, Oldberg is back, you know, to face Bobby Lashley. <laughs> We're going to talk about that on a brand new episode. Of Rob Rope Talk, which happens every Saturday. Plus, you can catch him on the Land Party Podcast Wednesdays, wherever you get podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, for Thomas, I'm Logan. Be more, be better. Peace out. The 1v1 Interview Series is a production of the Boss Rush Network of Podcasts. Visit BossRush.net to listen to our podcast and read our articles, game reviews, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter at BossRushNetwork to stay up to date with our content. Thank you for listening.